Abed and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Sunday. Hope you're all doing well. Get a little <clears throat> stuff in my throat. I've got one of my grandsons here with a cold. Oh, boy. Still doing prep for Monday's game, too. Like I said, I hope you're all doing well. I tend to repeat myself. And I want to talk about plot building. And, you know, every time I talk about something on this show that I think I've talked before, I tend to go through my now almost 250 episodes to make sure I didn't talk about it in another way before, or even in the same way before. Because sometimes I get these ideas and go, hey, I should talk about this on the show. Wait a minute. Didn't I already talk about this on the show? I don't know. Well, this time I didn't check because I think this idea is kind of related to the other plot building episodes I have done. And I think it's relevant and relatable. So let's just dive in then, shall we? Now, remember, I was talking about plots as outlines and frameworks which I still hold to be true, but getting the framework and working the framework is another thing. Not really another thing, but it, it, it's the next step, okay? Now, I've talked also talked about plotting a session in a certain amount of time, and this kind of related to that, too. I tend to want to think of my plots as a clothesline, where I hang scenes on it, or a or a, a storyboard where you put things up on a wall. So I have one of two methods I do this with, because sometimes I just pull out the paper and pen and start writing, and sometimes I actually sit there and do it either on the computer or on a piece of paper. What I'm talking about is, think of the overall plot. Where do you want it to go? And plan out encounters... Accordingly, now I've told you about the dream park scenario where you do a, where you do an encounter and then a revelation, encounter revelation, encounter revelation until you get the climax and the denouement. That's great. That's great. But this is kind of a form where I can actually under, I understand that, but I mean this is a form I can actually work. Usually, when I plot out a session, I bullet point it, even if it's a module. Like the next thing I'm doing is another module here. I will plot the whole thing out as in bullet points. Or, and sometimes if that just isn't enough, I plot it out as a as a dungeon. I want to say as a dungeon, but as a as a flowchart where I have the overarching plot and figure out, okay, here's the start, here's the end. Here's A, here's Z. How do I get from point A to point Z? Now, this works better for the overall the overall plot, but it can help if you want to break it up because I think of a three-act structure. I'm an actor. I think of a three-act structure. So I put A, start, characters are in town. This happens. B, C, D. It can be either a, a revelation plot point or it can be a, a an encounter which the one usually leads into the other if you're doing it right. Now, here's the whole thing about the time. If I do it that way, or even if I do the, the, the bullet point, it works better with the flowchart 
But if I write down in boxes and then just follow the flow chart, I look at the scenes. I, I look at the encounters. I look at the revelations. And knowing that my group may not go this way, because like I said, it's a framework. You got to do it that way. You just got to put a problem down there without a solution. See, they will add the solution either as an encounter or as a plot thing. But you do have like bits and pieces you have to, you have to give them. So that's the little bit of the complication. Here's the thing. Now, I try to overplot. That's not really a good thing, but let's take it in a chunk of, say, a session. Say it's a three-session scenario. Let's just take, you've got the overarching plot and you've got general scenes in it. Now let's take, like, session one. I plan for, we have a three-hour time slot. I plan for four. You know why? Because I want to figure out and you can do this from the entire arc, too, but to me, it's easier to break it up into a chunk. Figure out which scenes are necessary and which aren't. That sounds kind of funny, but they're not going to be unused, I guarantee you. Now, you so let's, let's take a look at it again. So you can do that in, like, session one, session two, session three. Let's take it the overall plot. You think you've got, say, 12 scenes through the whole thing. Because scenes can either take a random encounter, something quick, or it could be a whole big, okay, we're in the dungeon thing. Then you go into dungeon mode and all that. Blah, blah, blah. But that's, that's part of the plot thing. But you want to figure out which encounters, which, which scenes are necessary and which aren't. That gives you a great amount of flexibility. I mean great. I think Savage Worlds does it best. And this is where I pretty much got the idea from. I still have my old uh, Deluxe Explorers editions here. And they come up with what they call what, Savage Plots. I don't know. Let's look at 50 Fathoms real quick. They call, oh, they call it a plot point campaign. And what it is, it's an overarching story. And... They give you the overarching story, but they also give you a bunch of side stories, a bunch of things that aren't re quite related to the, the overarching plot. And I like that because they said you could either run the plot straight through or run like one or two or three of the plot points and then do either your own thing or the other ones and then go back to the story. You're not going to lose the overarching story. And I find that fantastic because it really helps. It really helps to give you flexibility in the story. Say you have a five-hour session, a convention session. Run the whole thing as is if you want. If you're running out of time, okay, They don't. I don't need this scene. I'll take it out. And now, if you're doing it that way, you also have to remember... What is the current, the, the vital bits of information in the scene, in each scene? Because if you need to get them vital bits of information and it's in a scene you took out, you got to find another way to do it. You know me, I like to have the whole secret, the whole why people are doing what they're doing right in front of me so I can, I've got some ideas of some NPCs or situations, maybe in a dungeon, things like that, that you can do. But if 
say they miss the zombie master, the undertaker can give them this chunk of the chunk of the this information. So you have your stable of NPCs or situations. Do it in a situational way. They find a piece of paper in the dungeon or a letter or something some some gem with a with something carved on it, something like that. They can find that in a dungeon, they can find it in the wilderness. Maybe it was in the belly of some giant beast they killed or something like that. So you have that and that way and then your story becomes really flexible. You just it, you you it's basically editing on your feet. Not really on your well, you could do it in prep too, but I mean you're at the table, it's easier to edit on your feet because not only are you the producer and director, they are the actors who change the plot, but you're also the editor. And I've watched things on film editing, and they always say that uh, Orson Welles always said that the picture is made in the editing room. It can make a bad picture not so bad. It can make a good picture great. And that's the kind of mindset I have since I have a cinematic mindset anyway. So I, I just say, okay, which ones can I do without? Okay, put the whole thing back together. And you're running it. So, oh gosh, we got to get it out of here in 30 minutes. All right, I'll just take the scene out and give the information to this guy. Boom, you're done. I mean, not you're done, but you're, you got to just keep going. Just keep going. It's fantastic. Anyway, I've said my spiel. So I'm going to go start my day. So thank you for listening. If you want to talk about to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com, shoot me an email or shoot me a voicemail at Anchor. And we're a monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can support this show, and I would thank you. And thank you, Jonathan and Oliver, again, for supporting me. Thank you, fellas. I always appreciate it. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.